Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. between Polish and, and, and Polish and American people is extremely strong and deep. I was kidding with the president. I was, uh, as a young man, I was uh, born in a coal town of Scranton, Pennsylvania, northeastern Pennsylvania, in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. Then when coal died, we moved down to Delaware, to a town called Claymont, Delaware, which was a working class town. And uh, but everybody in town was either Polish or Italian. I grew up feeling self-conscious. My name didn't end in SKI or an O. Uh, but all kidding aside, the connection between I was telling the, the president the pride, the overwhelming demonstrable pride that the Polish Americans feel about Poland and the role you're playing now. We were talking about it. It's extreme. Yeah. It is, it, uh, it is, uh, you would be, if you haven't seen it, you should come and see it. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 24th of February, year of our Lord, 2023. He fell down the steps again. He fucking fell down the steps. What? What the fuck? Anyway, good episode today. We're going to go through some threats to democracy. And then we'll see what really is a threat to democracy. Because it's clearly not Tucker Carlson getting some videos that we probably already should have seen by now. And if it was a Democratic administration that had the right... Oh, wait a minute, we did. We never saw anything, did we? Yeah, that was uh, a whole summer, but whatever. Before we can start, I... I, My God, this is... um, I I want you to go back on your Wayback Machines, and there was a time that we had um, this video circulating, and it was a bunch of these networks, Sinclair... And they were all saying the same thing. Well, I touched it briefly last time. And I have this picture up because this is from military or army military times. Pictures of presidents in war zones. And they're making it like. This is different than Trump. This is different than Obama. This is different than Bush because we didn't have troops on the ground, which if you actually believe that, you're smoking peyote because you can guarantee there was special forces and air. Uh, we had air. Come on. They say did it took a train. You think that train didn't have drone coverage? I mean, get the fuck out of here. But that's the kind of stuff they do. 
And, and you have this total racist piece of shit going off about he's the greatest president ever and the only cancel culture is the right. And it spurred me to do this segment because it's just comedic. And I originally had a Joy Reid soundbite that we'll, we'll play in a second. But this was done by, I don't remember who did this supercut, Tom something. This makes Sinclair look like free opinions. For the love of God, watch the coverage of CNN and MSDNC because the man went to Ukraine. And the moment that soundbite came out that there was no air raid sirens, they realized it wasn't going to look good. So the media circled the wagons. Joe Biden has put solidarity ahead of his own personal safety. Air raid sirens and no real guarantee of security. As air raid sirens blared. This was incredibly dramatic, Andrea. It was historic as well. Historic, timely, and brave. The first American president to go to a war zone with no U.S. military presence for security on the ground. Uh, American presidents have made dramatic trips before. Nixon to China, Kennedy, Reagan to the Berlin Wall, and presidents have visited U.S. troops in war zones, but never like this. To find a, a day of this kind of presidential bravery in a war zone, you've got to go all the way back to 1864. With Biden's trip uh, to Europe, you know, he is he is welcomed as not only, the, the frankly, the savior of Ukraine, but also the savior of Europe as a whole. It's historic. It's the first time that a U.S. president has gone into an active war zone that the U.S. military does not have control over. And against all odds, um, it was successful. The continuing threat quite literally sounding all around the two leaders. The skies here are not safe. And in fact, an air raid siren went off while President Biden was here. Seeing the American president there walking the streets of Kyiv while air raid sirens literally sounded in that moment about possible incoming fire from Russia. The wail of an air raid siren. Air raid sirens wailing in the background. Seemingly undeterred by an air raid siren. Undeterred by the sound of air sirens. President Biden's ability with his aviators on to walk through in broad daylight in Kyiv. The swagger of this trip, not just the, 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 the execution of the secrecy, but the swagger of it on display on the streets of Kiev. You never see that for conservative. Remember, they say Fox News is state run media and that under Trump, it was just all sycophancy. Well, I watch Tucker Carlson quite a bit. He never talked about Trump. Hannity was a sycophant, but you're talking CNN and MSDNC from morning till night. It's all ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, WAPO, New York Times. It's all Biden's the greatest ever. And when the media is always saying he's winning, there's a reason they're saying it. And the reality is, while we were sleeping and our media is ignoring everything he does, Biden's new executive order creates a DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion bureaucracy, has a special mandate for woke AI. 
The order instructs the federal government to protect the public from algorithm discrimination and deploy AI systems in a manner of advanced equity. Within this new one, it's beyond what he did initially, and some people are blowing it off and going, oh, it's just the same thing he said before. It's just an EO. No, this is taking Obama's wokeness and institutionalizing it in a level that we've never really had. We're talking AI. Every fucking organization, from the DOD to the IRS to the DHS, have to have DEI action teams, promotions, awards, discipline, money, decisions, small business loans, every one of them, including AI, has to have diversity, equity, and inclusion. It means more than ever, it doesn't matter if you're good at your job. It doesn't matter if you can fly that airplane. A great episode the other night or segment on the Tucker show um, was about a pilot, a good man who got passed through because he was a black pilot. He wasn't qualified in his sim times, every instructor said whenever something goes wrong, he just starts pulling, pushing buttons. Well, he crashed a fucking Amazon plane because he took over the plane. And when he pushed the button, the engine went up. He pushed the yoke. They went straight into the ground. There was nothing left of the plane. It disintegrated on impact. Killed four people. That's the world they want. And then there's the Joy Reid soundbite. Remember, Ben Shapiro says some smart stuff. You know, that politics is downstream from culture. It really is. And what we've gone into since Obama specifically, once he won the second time, they've gone woke crazy. Everything's woke. And then they, when they started realizing the black wasn't working, even after George Floyd, what has happened since George Floyd? It's all trans. And they push it everywhere. They cancel people. They get people fired. They get people beaten. They call everybody who disagrees, if you're not going to trans a kid, a fucking transphobe or a racist. So you have Joy Reid, which spurred me to do this section, Initially, before the sycophancy, war against wokeness is actually a war against freedom. Whose freedom is she talking about? Know it. We know it. That this whole war against wokeness is really a war against freedom. And you know what? Some conservatives and libertarians know it, too. I'm number one in personal freedoms, right? I'm sorry, Ron, you're number two. I'm a f- principled free market conservative, right? Mm-hmm. I, for others out there that think that the government should be penalizing your business because they disagree with you politically, that isn't very conservative. DeSantis is always talking about, uh, you know, he was not, not demanding that businesses do things, but he was, you know, telling the cruise lines what they had to do. DeSantis is raising his profile every single week. He is putting himself in a better position to potentially win the presidency, and he is doing it through indiscriminate use of state power. 
What's been a problem for Florida is now a problem for America. It isn't just about the cruise ship companies or Disney or even your woke gas stove. DeSantis is determined to stamp out intellectual freedom, and it's causing other red states to scrutinize AP black studies. He's also threatening to withdraw state support for advanced placement courses altogether. The Miami Herald reports that top Florida officials are exploring alternatives to the College Board, meeting with the founder of an exam called the Classic Learning Test. Supporters of the exam say it focuses on the, quote, great classical and Christian tradition and the, quote, centrality of the Western tradition. Pretty much on brand for DeSantis, who clearly wants to be president and who is on tour to signal to the nation how he would govern. And that is by replacing a multitude of ideas with the one idea he holds dear, the centrality of white Christian thought. And who, let's be clear, is using woke to mean any notion that brown, black, LGBTQ people and women are citizens rather than subjects, who, whether they live in red states or blue states, would in his American dream be forced to shut up and do think, read and say only what Ron DeSantis tells them to. It's the twin pillars of their way to rig the 2024 election. Again, you know, they lost COVID. COVID's over. Stories as we get into the woke section to fight this democracy and threat shit, or democracy under threat. Um, the mass mandates, the everybody's got to get a jab every four days. It's all falling apart. So they have to do the democracy under threat. This is WBUR brought back Mr. Potato uh, defending democracy under threat. Former CNN media correspondent Brian Seltzer on the news industry's future. They charge 25 fucking dollars for people to go there. But they're saying it's all under threat. And then, of course, we get Tucker Carlson getting the videos and the J6 committee not being very intelligent because they're the ones themselves said that, well, we didn't talk about this, this and this because we wanted to make Trump the focus. So we didn't release anything else. And all of them, Raskins losing his shit. Kinzinger, going to hear him in a second, losing his shit. Uh, Top House Democrats released January 6th tapes of Tucker Carlson. Egregious security breach for Capitol Police. They're in danger. Um, you have, uh, this is Jeffries, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's Jeffries. He's losing his fucking shit. Schumer's losing his shit. Cheney's losing her shit. They're freaking out. And it's not because something bad's going to come for this. Or as they will say, it's a possibility of another insurrection it's a blueprint no it's really about now we're gonna see shit we weren't supposed to see which is why they don't show the taste from the inside a bunch of people just walking around and then walking out nobody getting gorded with fire extinguishers the only places officers getting hit in the initial and that one wing and those people all been arrested Remember, they're still justifying getting everybody in that field. Close to 100,000 people were there, arresting all of them. Media of all forms. AP. Somehow they found a picture with Tucker in it. 
Thousands of hours of surveillance footage from the attack on the U.S. Capitol are being made available to Fox News host Tucker Carlson. The stunning level of access granted by House Speaker McCarthy is raising alarms about safety and security. Many critics warn that Capitol security could be endangered if Carlson airs security footage that details how the rioters access the building. Don't you think they already know? They already know how to get in because you filmed it from the outside. They know there was a window you can just break and walk in. There was no security gates. Do we remember that? The New York Times. Oh, my God. Democracy is in peril. News analysis in giving exclusive access to January 6th Capitol surveillance footage to Tucker Carlson, who has circulated conspiracy theories about the riot. Speaker Kevin McCarthy effectively outsourced a bid to reinvestigate the attack. Our reporter's right. Oh! We just want the record to be what we said it is. That's what this is about. Okay. Okay, I get that. You don't want anybody else to look at it and realize there were Antifa members changing out of Trump gear, changing into fucking black gear, covering their face, NBC News crew with a guy who was Antifa who got arrested. How about Ray Epps? And let's talk about conspiracy theories. What conspiracy theory? He circulated what everybody else did who's being objective on this. You went to Alaska and kicked people's doors in who didn't even enter the building. You unprecedentedly grabbed all metadata and arrested everybody that was there, whether they went in the building or not, just for being present at a constitutional and protected, mind you, not very smart rally. Said it's day one. They shouldn't have been doing the rally. It's kind of stupid. We went to lengths on J6 that small businesses... The ex-chief of police who was murdered in the street in St. Louis and many other victims of the summer of love would have loved to see the FBI do. Like who the fuck was busting all these motherfuckers around? How'd they all get to downtown Washington then back up to Minnesota to burn a city down? Who was paying for the pallets of bricks that would just show up everywhere? I mean, we've watched videos on the show Showing how they get normal people to do their bidding and then they melt into the crowd. They get some idiot to pour the fuel, light the match, they leave. And that match was on a cop car. They are so upset that somebody else's eye is going to get on this because they know it it was a total biased shit show. That it, I covered it briefly. Here's just a smidgen. One, two, three, four, five, six. In here. Stochastic terrorism, white Christian nationalism. They are so upset that the narrative's gonna change. On balance, President. Philosopher Colby, it's good to see you. Uh, are we going to ever be done with January 6th? Oh, uh, at some point, I'm sure. I think uh, 
future historians will probably look back at it and say something really insightful. But I think that day is probably a good decade away. I think your setup is exactly right. I think this decision says way more about Kevin McCarthy than it does about Tucker Carlson because, uh, you know, it's pretty absurd. Uh, and it's kind of a joke, a sick joke, that he would give this footage to, to uh, someone who's not honest and not an honest broker, someone who's very talented and very entertaining, but really more interested in spinning a narrative, uh, scoring political points than getting to the truth. Now, Kevin McCarthy could say, and I'm sure he would, that that's no different from the J6 committee to which who hired uh, ABC News producer James Goldston. I'd say that James Goldston and Tucker Carlson are beasts of a very different strike. Uh, James Goldston was a, was an award-winning journalist uh, at ABC yeah, News. Yeah, we, we can, either way, if you, if you go back, though, both sides, uh, the January 6th committee and Tucker Carlson were trying to score political points. You make a great point, an obvious one, that, that Tucker is not an honest broker of information when it comes uh, to many things, but January 6th being one of them. Take a listen. Lies about January 6th, which have been re relentless, have enabled some of the most unscrupulous people in our country to make a mockery of our Bill of Rights and to steal our core freedoms. The vast majority of people inside the Capitol on January 6th were peaceful. They were not insurrectionists. The January 6th committee has nothing to do with January 6th. The point of it is to punish the political opponents of the Biden administration, hundreds of nonviolent political protesters whose crime was having the wrong opinions. We're living through distorted history. All right. Kevin McCarthy knows what Tucker Carlson is. Why is McCarthy doing this? That's a good question. I think it's to, to well, for a few reasons. A, I think it's it's to own the lips, to, to score, to, to hit back where he feels he was hit. Extent of, it's fine to say, look, we want to release all the video. I mean, that's a legitimate point of view. And I think we were pretty transparent on the committee. And not only that, we didn't destroy the evidence or anything. It's still out there. Um, but to turn and do this to Tucker Carlson, if that was part of the deal, uh, I mean, there's a lot more question there. Let's just because there is a security issue here. Um, uh, the, the, the idea that this is not public footage, this is stuff that is has not been released publicly. It's now been given over to uh, to Tucker Carlson, irrespective of what you think about Tucker Carlson's coverage. What's the security risk here, Frank? Yeah, so what we're hearing, and in fact, NBC reported earlier today through Ali Vitale, is that there are legit security issues that could be exposed here. For example, what Ali Vitale cited was a concern that the, the reason we've only seen Nancy Pelosi first uh, removed from the floor and then next see her in a room secured and safe is because we that we were not supposed to see the, the movement from the floor to the room because it would expose the safe room and the, the route that Capitol Police have established to take someone safely away and put them in, in, in a safe place. Those are the kinds of security concerns that could be exposed here if it's uh, handled irresponsibly. And Fox News, Tucker Carlson, have a track record of not handling such things in an honest, good-faith effort. The other concern, of course, obviously, is the security concerns that arise from false conspiracy theories. We know they are dangerous. We know they lead to violence. And so if, for example, this host on, on Fox decides to play only things that indicate uh, or allow him to blow up conspiracy theories, oh, look, that looks like a Fed. Oh, look, it looks like someone instigated this. Oh, look, there's an hour of people doing nothing peacefully. Um, if that keeps 
going forward, and it's ginned up into the notion that all the prosecutions are witch hunts against people uh, for, who were violent January 6th, that it could really pose a danger and a threat. And he added the metal detectors. So <laughs> yeah. Pelosi had added metal detectors because we also know there were Congress people fighting whether you should be able to carry in in the Capitol. And by the way, we've, we've seen, seen the Capitol floor descend into attacks recently. Right, and after you've seen that, the, one of the first things he did as Speaker was remove those metal detectors. Which is like, which those is, just seem, those seem like ridiculous moves. And again, that may be something that he had to give that, those people that want to carry weapons within the sacred halls of Congress. But I will say this, why doesn't the House Ethics Committee look at something like that? Well, because he oversees I mean, it, though. Is the well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like hello. HR and a company. It's, it's, like, <laughs> yeah, hello. And, and, and that's a problem. There is, I, I think it's a conflict of interest, clearly. But there must be some mechanism within which to review this decision. Well, we'll be watching it, and we'll be right back also. I think it's terrible, and it's the fact, I, I'm not being incendiary when I say this, I've been saying this for a long time, Stephanie, there is no Republican Party, they're a dime store front for a terrorist organization. You took an investigation into a federal attack, an attack on our federal government, and gave it to a journalist who is a supporter of terrorism. This is dangerous. Congressman Raskin just mentioned, hey, look, we tried to be careful with some of this information to make sure that camera angles and security places weren't hidden escape routes. All of that is now in Tucker Carlson's hands. This man doesn't have security clearance. This man has less of security clearance than Jared Kushner was supposed to get. And the <laughs> idea that he's going to be, we don't know if it ends with Tucker Carlson. He can hand it to anybody else. He can hand it, hand it to Jesse Waters, right? He can hand it to anybody. All sorts of incompetent people who are in favor of overthrowing this government in a violent fashion. So I see it as really problematic. I don't care about the PR aspect of it. Whoever watches Tucker Carlson believes what he has to say anyway. But there are dangerous people in this world. There are terrorists in this world, some in Congress right now, who want to overthrow our legitimate elected government and they've just given this man information that he can distribute to anybody I think it's a real danger so exactly how dangerous it is is it to let Tucker Carlson reset the narrative on January 6th I, I think it's twofold. So this raises huge safety and security concerns for the Capitol. So I worked in the Capitol for many years. There are underground evacuation points. There are safe rooms. We even have rooms to protect for like biochemical attacks where you can go and safely be housed. This will also reveal where video cameras are stationed in the Capitol. Uh -huh. So as a Republican, like we always say, we back the blue. Well, you just expose the entire Capitol and undermine the Capitol Police and their safety precautions for something like a January 6th were to ever happen again or something like 9-11 where the Capitol was targeted. But secondarily, it allows Tucker Carlson to invent his own narrative about what happened. Right. 44 hours of, um, you know, hours of footage, you could come up with all sorts of different things to feed your narrative. And his audience just continues to get lies and lies about what happened that day. It's so, so dangerous. How, 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 isn't this against the law to do something like that? It, Why isn't it's it against not, the law? But I think the biggest thing here is what Alyssa said before, the security risks exposing the inside uh, of the White House. You're sharing your security oh. videos with people. People and, and were killed on People died on they, January Well, we were yes. upset when they gave An tours. It, they, they're going to say it's a tourism day. But they Please, proved that they dead. were giving tours. Congress yeah. people were giving yeah. tours before to show people exactly what we just well, was just now handed over to yeah. someone. And whereas there can be nothing good coming from it, they've investigated. We've done everything we need to do. It's not only not going to add good, it actually only has bad intentions. It's nefarious yeah. intentions. Yeah. yeah, I just used what The View said. Because that's what it's about. It's not about J6. It's not about defending democracy. What is... At peril in democracy is the abuse of every institution to push an agenda 
the woke narrative. This is a threat to democracy. Personally, want to hear from the former president. I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. We're now hearing from the person responsible for speaking on behalf of the Atlanta-based grand jury that investigated former President Donald Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 election. The jury forewoman confirming that multiple incidents have been recommended, saying it's not a short list. The grand jury met for about seven months in her testimony from 75 witnesses, including some of Trump's closest advisors. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis is now reviewing the recommendations and weighing charging decisions. Emily Kors says she wants to see some level of accountability. I will be sad if nothing happens. Like that's, that's about my only request there is, is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But I, I will be frustrated if nothing happens. So CNN's Paula Reed joins me now from Washington. Paula, good morning to you. It's interesting that she is speaking out, kind of hedging. Well, I can say this, but I can't say that, but I want to say something. What are you learning? Yeah, Don, this is very unusual. This uh, media forewoman giving effectively a, a, a media tour, this jury forewoman. And while she cannot disclose specifically what they recommended, she can reveal some details from inside uh, the jury room, some color, and she's trying to tease out exactly what she expects will happen. And of course, the biggest question she is getting is whether they recommended charging former President Trump. Let's take a listen to what she said. We definitely heard a lot about former President Trump, and we definitely discussed him a lot in the room. And I will say that uh, when this list comes out, you wouldn't, there are no major plot twists waiting for you. A former President Trump has insisted that the district attorney here is conducting a, quote, witch hunt, but here she insists that she believes the district attorney was proceeding in a nonpartisan way and was really trying to be fair. But look, I, I would expect that defense attorneys would have a field day uh, with an interview like this. So, Paula, who else did the jury hear from and, and what did she say about them? Yeah, Donna, it was interesting to hear her observations from inside the jury room because they heard from so many people that we're very familiar with, like Senator Lindsey Graham. I mean, he fought all the way to the Supreme Court to try to get out of testifying here, but she describes him as, quote, being polite and even joking with jurors. She described Rudy Giuliani as being funny and thoughtful when he's invoking privilege. Now, she has every right to do this, uh, to discuss these things, but it's unclear what impact this will have on the case. This grand jury could not indict. So that decision now is up to the district attorney, Fonnie Willis, she says her decision on whether to proceed is imminent. All right. Thank you, Paula Reed. Appreciate that. It's, we want to hear from her. It's frustrating. But then she says it, but then kind of almost goes there. I was really surprised yeah. to see this interview and her coming out. But Paula makes a good point that in Georgia, grand juries can't indict. Right. So they recommend, and now Fonnie Willis is a huge... Even CNN knows it's bad. They just know it's bad. So, then we have the train. Now, we already know nothing happens to these people. This is Sam Brinton. That jewelry and his outfits are something that he stole from a person of color. It's all over the internet. Everybody sees it. 
except for the media. They're not covering it. It's not being covered that a man that used to be in charge of nuclear waste, who was a fucking fruit beam, that's a moonbeam and a fruit bat combined. He literally, or a moon bat and a fruit, you know what I got. Um, he's not, nothing's happened to him. But Mayor Pete, well, he's just been fucking up by the numbers. So here is the before anything happened. You think the media defended him? What's your message to people who are concerned that the department was late to speak out on this issue? They're saying that transportation and EPA was late to the game and speaking out and responding to the situation in East Palestine. Well, to be clear, our department was on the ground within hours, uh, helping with the response and the investigation. Again, I respect the separate role of NTSB, but we have been on the ground literally from day one uh, to make sure that uh, that we're doing our part to support. Uh, I do think that it's important to speak out about that, and I could have spoken out sooner, and I'm uh, making sure that we are focused on the actions that are going to make a difference. Toxic train disaster fallout. As a clinic opens to treat suffering residents in Ohio, this morning, how the Biden administration is responding, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg joins us live. The Biden administration announcing new steps this morning to hold the rail industry accountable. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg is joining us live this morning. Mr. Secretary, thank you for joining us this morning. You know, you've got two real big missions right now, helping the people on the ground in East Palestine right now, preventing something like this from happening again. What is the administration doing on both fronts? You're beginning saying it should begin right away, but uh, Ohio Senator J.D. Vance has said that the administration was loosening rail regulations. The administration has come under some fire for its response. The mayor of East Palestine has said it took nearly two weeks for the White House to contact him. There were shouts of, where's Pete Buttigieg at a town hall meeting last week. Uh, what's your response to that? When are you going to go to East Palestine? Well, I am planning to go, and uh, our folks were on the ground from the first hours. I do want to stress that the NTSB needs to be able to do its work independently. But when I go, the focus is going to be on action. Look, I was mayor of my hometown for eight years. We dealt with a lot of disasters, natural and human. This morning, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is calling for immediate action from Norfolk Southern and the entire freight railroad industry arguing that current rail safety regulations are too lax, demanding additional protection for employees and the strengthening of infrastructure, among other considerations. The town has now become a political battleground. Columbiana County has been Trump country. He won around 70% of the vote here in 2016 and in 2020. But the Trump administration rolled back rail safety regulations, including an Obama-era proposal for technology that would have made all rail cars break at the same time. His administration also blocked efforts to require minimum crew sizes on trains. We're just going to require at least two people, at least two human beings on a train to make sure that we have that safety. Today, the Department of Transportation announced that with the NTSB's preliminary report investigating the derailment due out tomorrow, Secretary Pete Buttigieg will also come to town. Yes, I was uh, focused on just making sure that uh, our folks on the ground uh, were all set, but uh, could have spoken sooner about how strong 
strongly I felt uh, about this incident, and uh, that's a lesson learned for me. The White House today accused the Trump administration and congressional Republicans of watering down safety rules that could have prevented incidents like the one in East Palestine. What people here want to know is whether politicians will work together to help them now and protect communities like theirs in the future. And with Trump in Ohio, the White House saying it's Trump himself that owes residents in East Palestine an apology. The White House saying in a statement, Congressional Republicans and former Trump administration officials owe East Palestine an apology for selling them out to rail industry lobbyists when they dismantled Obama-Biden rail safety protections as well as EPA powers to rapidly contain spills. In 2017, Trump actually celebrated rolling back regulations that many advocates say might have protected communities. One of those withdrawn regulations calling for specialized systems on trains carrying hazardous materials. Trump tweeting, I am continuing to get rid of costly and unnecessary regulations. Much work left to do, but effect will be great. Tonight, it's not clear if any of those regulations specifically contributed to the accident in East Palestine. David, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has pointed to those Trump rollbacks and laws pushed by congressional Republicans, saying that they've constrained his team in some areas of rail regulation. Meanwhile, the NTSB is scheduled to release its preliminary report on the accident tomorrow. It's so political. It just becomes so political. Now, I want us to remember this moonbat, and we're about to see Mayor Pete. When a conservative fucks up, or when George W. Bush purposely did Katrina, remember he brought it in, he put it in the Ninth War, and he killed black people because he didn't care about black people, and then he flew over because he couldn't land, so then he really didn't care about it, and every Republican was asked that question by every network. Here, a Republic, uh, a Democrat fucks up like this and they don't even go down there. Oh, you're going to get Fox if he calls on him. Daily Caller, Daily Wire. You know what? There's only a few out there that actually can ask questions. It's not ABC, NBC, CBS, PPS, LA Times, WAPO, New York Times, CNN, MSDNC, Democracy Now!, I mean, everything's liberal, and every conservative has to ask for it. But this started ratcheting up because they knew they had him dead to rights. Biden goes over and gives $50 million to fucking Ukraine on top of the, what is it, $100 billion we've given them plus tanks. The, the narrative's starting to build in normal media. The liberals, this doesn't look good. And then, oh my God, Trump shows. What do you make about Biden not showing up? You showing up before he did. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. Hey, Trump, take a picture of my phone. There he is. The real president. Trump, thank you so Thank you, Don Jr. too. 
My daughter Hey, Mr. President. How are you? How are you? We have a good cameraman over here. So, everybody, um, enjoy your meal. And we're going to get the meals from the fire department. Hello, everybody. What's your special Hello, everybody. Yes. Have a good day, Mr. President. We're bringing thousands of bottles of water, Trump water, actually, most of it. Uh, some of it we had to go to a much lesser quality water. You want to get those Trump bottles, I think, more than anybody else. But we're bringing a lot of water, thousands of bottles, and we have it in trucks, and we brought some on my plane today. But to that end, I'm pleased to announce that we've helped coordinate the delivery of the water and bottled water, as uh, well as the tractor trailers full of it. We have big tractor trailers full of water. I think you're going to have plenty of water for a long time, maybe. FEMA said, uh, specifically, this doesn't meet the criteria, and uh, that's horrible, and somebody has to do something for those people, I said back. When I announced that I was coming, they changed their tune. It was an amazing phenomena. I think I've made it pretty um, clear if you listen to this show. There are policies Trump does that are just amazing. The wall, all that stuff, I totally agree with, because I, uh, I believe in immigration the right way. My family came the right way. Well, after s slaves, never owned them slaves, but you know, we, we came the right way. And I remember an episode where during COVID, he literally bought the national champion Clemson football team, fast food, media mocked it made drawings, remember WAPO? They just thought it was so fucking ridiculous. But then when you actually ask the players, they're like, I was cool with it. That scene in a McDonald's, there are very few presidents that could pull that off. Bill Clinton was one of them. He could pull it off. He ate a lot of McDonald's. Used to be a joke on SNL because he was supposed to be running and they'd have him going running and eating three or four hamburgers. I mean, I thought it was really kind of funny, but... Bill Clinton could pull off regular guy. Bush could kind of, and yes, I'm biased. I shook his hand. I met him before the war. He did come across as a regular guy, even though he's a, he's a rich kid. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an idiot. Biden can't do that. He just can't pull it off. You call him regular Joe and Scranton Joe and Mr. Bus. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. He spends most of his time in Delaware. He doesn't go into room settings and talk to him. And when you see it, people don't want to talk to him. People want to talk to Trump. He's a regular guy. He speaks regular. He might be a billionaire, owns his own Trump Force One, and he's an idiot. 
He's a terrible politician. He lost an easily won election if he just would have shut his fucking mouth. And I'm angry still about it, not because Biden stole the election, which they did. Time magazine said they did, so that's not a conspiracy theory, YouTube and Google and Brian Seltzer. They fucking bragged about it. They said they did it. They were really happy about it. But I'm angry because he didn't do the right thing to protect us against what we're going through right now. This kind of bullshit. Just because Sam Brenton is a dude with a mustache that dresses like a girl and because Pete Buttleg sucks dick and is probably a bottom. I mean, he's got that bottom vibe off him. I think his wife, the other dude, is, is the aggressor. You know, they don't get criticized. Because in your world, the media world, in this world of DEI that we're living, you're absolved of everything just because you're gay or you're black or you're a dude with a dick who dresses in girls' clothes. You're not accountable. This country's about accountability. And any other administration, EPA head, butt leg would be gone. They would be gone. If it was Trump, they'd be gone. Katrina? The local government did absolutely nothing. Ended up getting busted for corruption a year later. And it was under the fucking carpet. But you blamed a president for a Cat 5 hurricane. My favorite band, Linkin Park, blamed a president. Yeezy! Blamed a president. We didn't blame anybody but Trump. So they won't go. Trump goes. And then a, a Daily Caller female journalist has this altercation with Mayor Pete. Secretary, what do you have to say? Hi, how are you? Good. Jenny Tarr at the Daily Caller News Foundation. What do you have to say to the folks in Ohio, East Palestine, who are suffering right now? Well, I'd refer you to about a dozen interviews I've given today. And uh, if you'd like to arrange a conversation, uh, make sure you reach out to our press office. But I'm not have that conversation with you. Just walk you don't have a message here. for them? I do, and I shared it with the press many times today. I'd refer you to those comments. Do you mind sharing it with us? No, I'm going to refer you to the comments that I made to the press because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time and I'm walking down the street. Are you going down there? <clears throat> What's up? Are you going down there at all? Um, yeah, I am. When are you going? Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. Okay, talk thank down the you. Street. Can I get a photo of you? Yeah, Donald Trump. She's asked, them, she's asked them three several times for them to turn the cameras off and they will not do it. Okay. They, she's been able to walk away. Would you like to go inside? I do not. I will walk this way. Can I ask what the secretary is going to do with the picture of Jenny Terror? He took her the other day when he, she was asking a you question in Washington, D.C. I'm happy to answer your questions. I would like you guys to not have your cameras on. I had my camera off a minute ago. If I turn it off, we'll get to the question. You have your cameras on. I can see them, you guys. I'm happy to have this conversation. Like, All right, y'all. So we are with the press okay, secretary for Pete Buttigieg. Not- Where's Brian Seltzer? Where's Jim Acosta? Where is the gnashing of teeth? They won't even answer the goddamn question. Why? Camera's off. You're the press secretary. You're talking to the press. Stunning that U.S. DOT refuses to say why Secretary Pete photographed our purporter, Jenny Tear, 
for doing her job. Now they won't even give us a non-answer unless we turn the cameras off. Truly stunning. Harris Faulkner, thank you for helping demanding answer for the U.S. dot about why Secretary Pete took my photo as a question about East Palestine. Here's that Better soundbite. Optics. Right, and it's all of... I just want to say real quickly one thing about that video. Two million people had watched that by the time I went on the air last hour. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when, a press, when, when the transportation secretary asked if he can take your picture, why do you think he does that? Yeah. And I, I reached out to his team because it felt like free speech was being chilled. And I just wanted to hear that it wasn't. So when he's on the ground, I'm hoping he takes every question he possibly can. I'd like. Why is that okay? Politico article, the way they covered it. Let me see if they have the excerpt. I don't think I have the leak to it. Do we have the link? Politico. There it is. He has gotten into Twitter spats with U.S. senators. His Kurt Brushoff of a Daily Caller reporter who ambushed him during a walk turned into a viral video that has drawn more than 3 million views this Thursday, Tuesday night. And on Wednesday, butt-leg allies were complaining that he's taking an unfair pounding over the disaster, all because of the perceived ambition as a one-time and future presidential candidate. So, instead of the you know the United the the press the what is it the uh, press association White House press corps that uh, what the fuck's his name um, the guy from ABC would send these terse letters that we're not doing our press briefing and chilling free speech and Acosta and plaques at the bottom of the fuck you remember all this shit nothing. What we get is Joy Behar saying, you voted for Trump, you deserve your town blown up. And who the fuck, I think it's Morning Joe with, once it's Trump's fault. That's, that's their answer to all this. Regulate our regulations for a second, because it seems to me that the Republicans are obsessed with this notion of the free market, and they don't like a lot of regulations. Because the last administration rolled it down to only one worker. They happened to have two. One thing I just want to say is I do think this was an unforced error by President Biden. It was 20 days before we had Secretary Buttigieg go down, 10 days before he put out a statement acknowledging it. This is Trump country. He won by 40 points. He he is a president for all Americans, I believe that. But he needs to show so that they, he is. But it was time for him to be. I don't know why they would ever vote for him for somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump, who reduces all safety, he yeah. did. Do in they those showed days. up at McDonald's and those voters yeah, saw something on the ground that yeah. probably it, resonates in a way that the they thing. need. Yeah, yeah, but they need to look past the photo ops, these people, and Wait. say, who's doing the job here? Forget about the photo ops. Showing up is a big Showing thing, up, though. I think, I think this community. is Donald Trump's fault. Well, I mean, that's called. I think it's his fault, and then he shows up. Of course, the investigation is still going on, and I think that that's an important point that Secretary Buttigieg made. You know, he's not there yet. He's received a lot of criticism for it, but he said, "I want them to investigate it first, rather than having me walk around doing what for a photo op." And I actually appreciate that, especially because he was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, where I went to law school, small town, and he didn't do that type of.
We're bringing thousands of bottles of water, Trump water, actually, most of it. Uh, some of it, we had to go to a much lesser quality water. You want to get those Trump bottles, I think, more than anybody else. But we're bringing a lot of water, thousands of bottles, and we have it in trucks, and we brought some on my plane today. But to that end, I'm pleased to announce that we've helped coordinate the delivery of the water and bottled water as uh, well as the tractor trailers full of it. We have big tractor trailers full of water. I think you're going to have plenty of water for a long time, maybe. The guy's just so gross. He really is. I mean, you're talking about Trump water, branded Trump water. Uh, and, and by the way, he's such a hypocrite, too, talking about attacking Joe Biden while Joe Biden is going, you know, risking his life fighting for Western democracy, something he doesn't give a damn about, something, you know, we, you have a guy Remember that talks sticks. about suspending the Constitution. Uh, 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 it, it's just absolutely so in, that insane. Was... And by the way, where was that guy when there were, were disasters, where, when there were trained disasters, when he was president of the United States? Exactly. I never saw him out. Well, I never saw him out. Where was he? Why, why did he decide to go here? Well, he did go throw paper towels at people at one point. Former President Donald Trump bringing Trump water with him on a visit to East Palestine, Ohio yesterday. That's where the Norfolk Southern train derailed and spilled toxic chemicals. Trump spent his time criticizing President Biden's handling of the crisis and said he had a stronger working relationship with FEMA when he was in power. Trump also claimed without evidence that the Biden administration only directed more resources to East Palestine because Trump announced a, that he's just a lie. visiting the just area. A liar. FEMA said uh, specifically this doesn't meet the criteria and uh, that's horrible and somebody has to do something for those people. I said back when I announced that I was coming, they changed their tune. It was an amazing phenomena. Mm, 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 mm. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is set to visit East Palestine today. This is his first trip to the area since the derailment happened. Now, I edited his speech to put it in the Trump section, but then you saw it in real time. How they interrupted, how they talked. Remember, we used to do that when presidents were lying, like Biden. White people want to watch people get lynched and send postcards. The Georgia voting laws are Jim Eagle. Even the more people voted in the midterm than they've ever voted. And that Joy Behar thing, any way you want to cut it, any way you want to slice it, if it was anybody else, that would get you fired. If it was a Fox reporter, if it was about any other president, that would get you fired. But... It's okay. It's all okay because he's gay. He took two month, three months off for was it three months for uh, maternity leave to breastfeed his baby. Oh wait a minute, he doesn't have breasts. During a supply shortage, all our ports were fucked up. What has he done? He doesn't have to do anything because he's gay. This is your DEI. This is, that's why I started the show at the DEI. This is what it is. You can steal people's clothing and jewelry and wear it and not go to jail because you dress like a girl. I don't even, 
know what that guy is supposed to be. I don't know what he considers himself non-binary. Or you're gay, or you're black, or you're, you're transgender, or you're, uh, a, you know, you got a, a missing a leg and you suck dick. I mean, it all, it all gets multipliers. You get bonus rounds. It's like a fucking video game. You get extra lives. You can fuck everything up because you suck dick. I mean, it's not gay bashing. That's, that's how these people work. So then he goes down the next day because he's forced to now. And this is how it goes. Yeah, you, you guessed it. It's Trump's fault. Sorry, Pete. Uh-huh. I just have a quick question. Uh-huh. Uh, the American public doesn't seem to be very confident in your ability to do your job. Will you be resigning anytime soon? I'm not here for politics. I'm here to make sure the community can get what they need. Will you apologize? I, I, I want to be will you apologize for the response? That, um, for so the slow response, taking your probably time? Probably one of the big things. Let's, yeah. let's go in here and get away from you. No, no apology? Mayor Kate, why did it take you an entire two and a half weeks to actually get here to respond to East Palestine? Will you apologize to the residents of this city? Mayor Kate, why did it take you an entire two and a half weeks to actually get here to respond to East Palestine? Will you apologize to the residents of this city for for the slow, the slow response to the government's slow response? Do you have any apology? I'm press person. I can help you. Sure, 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 sure. So can, can, can we ask why it took him almost three weeks to get here? I'm sorry, I don't want to do this on camera. What was his personal time off while there was a tragedy happening here? And can we also ask too why it, uh, you know, he waited until President Donald Trump came here to actually make an appearance. This is a very important question that people across America would like to know. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. Uh, well, please put your cameras away. I'm sorry, we're on a public area, uh, so we are allowed as press. You guys, I would like you guys to turn your cameras off. You're on my camera. Well, I'm on a camera. I would like your cameras to be off, and then I'm happy to talk to you guys. Well, if you're the press secretary of the secretary of the Department of Transportation, don't you think you should be able to ask questions from the American public that Absolutely. you serve? Absolutely. I would like to do it without the camera on. Please. Can I ask why? I think that is a little bit aggressive. That's why. And why is it aggressive? I'm, I'm on behalf of the American people. I'm just asking why he has not been here until Donald Trump She's came. Asked them. She's asked three them. several times for them to turn the cameras off, and they will not do it. Okay, well, they've been able to walk away. Would you like to go inside? I do not. I will walk this way. So can I ask what the secretary is going to do with the picture of Jenny Kerr? He took her the other day when he had, she was asking a question of Washington, like, D.C. I'm happy to answer your questions. I would like you guys to not have your cameras on. I, I had my camera up a minute ago. If I turn it off, you all have your cameras on. I can see them. You guys, I'm happy to have this conversation. Like, all right, y'all. So we are with the press okay, secretary for Pete Buttigieg. And right now we are being told that we are not supposed to be question. filming. Again, we are well, here right on behalf now, of the American public because we would like to have the conversation and we would like to ask the question as to why. Um, again, it took almost three weeks for Pete Buttigieg to be here on the ground. Uh, he waited until Donald Trump came here to actually be here and speak to residents. Uh, the people here have been quite tight-knit about when we can ask questions. And again, we're here on behalf of the American public, and we wish we could be able to ask these questions, but for some reason, uh, you know, we're, we're not allowed. In retrospect, should you have come a little sooner? So, again, uh, in terms of the timing of the visit, I'm trying to strike the right balance, uh, allowing NTSB to play its role, but making sure we're here in that show of support. 
She's been Secretary of Transportation for two years now. How long can you blame the Trump administration for all your failures? Let me say this. I will take responsibility for how I do my job. It is time for the Trump administration uh, uh, alumni to take responsibility for their deregulation and join us in calling for us to us all as a country to reverse course. Okay, well, why don't you just reverse course, right? I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just a Twitter guy. So, of course, there was no people going to ask him questions. It was just a photo op, which is what he said he wasn't doing. And then they actually, I, Georgia's, you know, or, or Nor, Norfolk, I guess, is the one that's, that's responsible for this. They fucked up, but. Unlike the Biden administration, the EPA, Mayor Pete, the president who cares more about Ukraine than a Trump district. Because remember, I've said it a million times on this fucking show and I'll say it a billion more. They don't spend a dime if you don't vote for them. They don't believe in all America. There is their America and you terrorists, stochastic terrorists, white Christian nationalists, uber mega Christians, gun owners, red voters, cis-normative. I mean, they have nothing but negatives for you. He sat there and actually took some dumps. I mean, he got some fucking heavy shots, and here's one of them. I want to bring in Jim Stewart, who has a question for you, sir. Yeah, um, a lot of this that I have to ask has been answered already. Uh, But I'm speaking on the aspect that we... The people of East Palestine are just being treated like dummies. We're not dummies. We're smart people. Listen to these people, what they have found out about different things and everything else. I'm angry. I'm angry about this. I've lived in East Palestine for 65 years now. That's my home. My grandmother came from Germany. She lived in Palestine. My dad grew up there. My family's grown up there now. And it is disgusting that we're just lost it. I live in a house that's probably the closest of any of these, and, and it's a shame. And this is probably the next closest one. And our house is, you know, it's been inspected, it's been this, it's been that. I'm afraid to put my dog out just to pee. I mean, he's only on this tall. So, you know, I, I don't feel safe in this town now. You took it away from me. You took us away from this. You seem like a sincere man. I'm not calling you names. I'm not, you know, but your company stinks because they're not watching what's going on. Workers don't pay attention nowadays. Supervisors make workers work. You gotta do something about this. I lost a lot. I lost the value of my home. I'm only one block. I can throw a stone to that burner. And what do we do now? I come back from Chicago four days. I was in Chicago for four days. I came home the other day. I put the garage door up. I got pulled, we pulled in the garage, got out of the car, put the garage down. As soon as we got out of that car, the smell came back to us right away. Instant headache. Now, I'm 65 years old, a diabetic, AFib hearts, heart disease, everything. Now, did you shorten my life now? I want to retire and enjoy it. How are we going to enjoy it? You, you burned me. We were going to sell our house. Our value went poof. You know, I, 
Do I mow the grass? Do I, can I plant tomatoes next summer? What can I do? Well, at least he stood there and took some lumps because Mayor Pete didn't. You know why? He doesn't have to. Red states. That's a Trump district. You voted for it. And they're trying to go back to a law that never would have applied to that train. Yes, the Biden-Obama administration put it in, but when it applied to that train, and it wasn't the Trump administration, it doesn't really fucking matter. But this is the world we live in. George W. Bush, eight years. Obama, eight years. Bush fault. Trump comes in, all his fault. Now Biden, if he gets reelected, our country's over. But if it happens, it'll be still Trump's fault. We'll be years later. It'll be Trump's fault. It's all fucking Trump's fault. They take no responsibility. And if you're for one of their protected classes, you're good to go. You get promoted when you fuck up. So we're going to do our mid-break as we've been doing. I want to play uh, Matt X, uh, Matt Best 11X, Send Me a Nude, funny little skit. Two freedom tunes. The first one is Biden Solving Big Problems and uh, Sam Smith's Super Edgy Grammy from Freedom Tunes. So enjoy. <laughs> Hey, Matt, did you, what are you doing? I just wrote the greatest love song of all time. Okay, um. The song's about my love language. Mm. Tag your girl. Next up for karaoke night, we have, oh boy, a brand new band. One Horseshoe performing an original. Yay, Lord help us.
Oh my gosh, chemicals are spilled all over Ohio. Not anymore. We've written a bill to stop it all. It's called the Junk Fee Prevention Act. We're going to ban surprise resort fees that hotels charge on your bill. Oh my gosh, there's more Chinese spy balloons flying over the country. Our enemies are flying in our airspace and watching us. Hello, this is American Airlines. We're making airlines show you the full ticket price up front. And we'll prohibit airlines from charging $50 round trip for family just to be able to sit together. UFOs! There's freaking UFOs all over America! Here's a free coupon to Arby's. Become a member at freedomtunes.com for exclusive... Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Everyone, look at me! Huh? Oh. Okay. Look at me! Look at me! Look! 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 Look at me! Oh. No, sweetie, don't make eye contact! Oh! Oh, great! I'm the devil guy from hell! Look at me! That's me, I'm the devil! Look at me! I, I'm corrupt in the youth! Who are you? Oh! oh. Why won't you all look at me? Uh, I'm the devil, I'm the devil, look at me! Whoa. Yeah. That's, uh... That's really... Edgy. Man. I'm the devil, I'm the devil, I'm the devil! Who cares? Sadly, our lighter fare has turned into me covering military stories, and it's not light. Because of DEI, we're still fucking around with the PT test. That affects everybody's promotions, money, the whole nine yards. Nearly half a junior enlisted in Biden's economy. It's two years. It's his economy. Are suffering food problems. That means they're on food stamps. Overdoses have become very bad, and I was going to read the, here are the worst spots. Um, query, Center's letter of the defense epidemic impact of the lawmakers query followed a rolling stall and examined the drug-related deaths of Fort Bragg. Uh, 1,000 death rates among general 20, uh, 28.3 people per 100,000 died due to drug overdose in 2020, according to the CDC. Fort Bragg? Campbell had 15, Bragg had 31, 
um, from 17 to 21, annual 16.8, Kentucky, Fort Campbell, 12.9, Fort Bliss Hood, JBL, Washington, Fort Drum, Fort Stewart, Fort Carson. That, that's bad. Then an article that, you know, I didn't even think of. How the fuck are they doing this? Well, it's powdered eggs. It's the only way they can get around it. And then you get all these media articles that want to go against the narrative that is being put out by the people who don't want to join career vets and people in the service. They're fucking tired of the woke. When you can't get promoted because you're a white guy who went to ranger school, maxes your PT test because a guy who didn't go to ranger school gets a mid-score on PT test, but he's black and he sucks dick, they get promoted. That's the DEI. It's already in there. We already covered it. You can't even punish people. It goes for a racial equity board. So what do you think? Guy's a douchebag, punched first sergeant. Eh, the first sergeant's a white guy. Fuck him. And then we have just the problem that they, we don't even want to cover, which is four U.S. troops wounded in a helicopter raid that killed ISIS leader. It's not even in the paper. It's just, it's nowhere. We don't even know what we're doing in our military. Remember when it was Trump's fault that an African thing happened and he just took office? Yeah, they blamed him. They said it was his Benghazi. That's what MSDNC said. His Benghazi. Then you get into our woke. And before I play two institutional, three institutional sound bites showing this is the threat to democracy when our entire media is part of it, you have the narrative. It's not the left pushing this. Conservatives attack the term to a host of policies they oppose, from transgender rights to climate change. Woke. You have a raw story. Right-wingers whipping up anti-trans hysteria into a wave of violent threats. Violent threats are people going to school board and saying, my kid doesn't want to read this shit. An article I can't put up. Rejecting the use of Latinx is transphobic. Can't get past the fucking paywall. This gem. Shut your mouth. It's here to stay. DEI is how we're going to operate this country forever. And we have institutional discrimination. They fired the guard. Do you think the guard at the National Archives who won't let people come in because they have pro-life stuff, do you think the guard had that policy? Well, maybe, since we see all those cops from September or January 6th were pretty fucking woke monsters. Banning kids because they doodled a gun. Institutional. This is institutional. Doctor. Destroyed by it. Destroyed. They know it's the vaccine. Nothing. We are now in 2023. New York Times. Explosive study. Masks were useless. And then you have 
Journal of Free Black Thought. Everything going to be all white is an embarrassment for black people. Me and the wife watched it. We covered this a couple years ago. It was pretty shocking. But for institutional, why this is such a threat, you're going to have PBS talking about reported studies once again and how this is going to affect because school boards are being told they can't basically groom kids to be trans or tell them all that white people are the devil. That's soundbite one. Tapper on CNN. It's so cruel that we're stopping hormones and stuff for kids. And then the first three minutes, that's all I'm going to subject you to, of episode one of Everything Gonna Be All Right, White. This is some racist-ass shit, y'all. Finally, Sharon, this CDC report enforces previous research that has shown how lesbian, gay, and questioning youth are reporting substantially worse well-being, including also being more likely to experience violence. Given how there are school boards that are literally fighting over gender identity curriculum, are they even less likely to get their mental health needs met today? It's one of our greatest worries that some of the controversy right now and some of the legislation. This is evidence-based medicine we're talking about. And the, the witnesses that the proponents of this bill brought in were really fringy characters that, that were literally suggesting things that went that flew completely in the face of the AMA and the American Academy of Pediatrics. I mean, this is a skilled group. I think they probably could have found astronauts against space travel if they'd looked hard <laughs> enough. And the thing of it is that's setting the standard of care in Idaho to be fringy as opposed to evidence-based medicine, which my wife, who's a physician, and I love our kids too much to subject them to fringy medicine. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that comes across, and there are certainly debates that can be had about girls' athletics and things like that, but when it comes to the cruelty that we see in this debate so often, the meanness about some of the most vulnerable people in our society, uh, it's really just remarkable and not how any faith teaches us to behave. This is a tale of two Americas. One white, one not, and of countless dreams too long deferred. We're going to be taking a hard look at white America from the perspective of people of color, many different people of color, and there's no better place to begin than January 6, 2021. D.C. leaders preparing for pro-Trump supporters coming back to protest based on false claims of election fraud. Tens of thousands of the president's supporters came to Washington at his request for a protest, a protest that turned into a riot. for you is there any person here that actually thinks that joe biden won this election 
We're gathered together in the heart of our nation's capital for one very, very basic and simple reason to save our democracy. We will stop the steal. Today is the day American patriots start taking down names and kicking ass. We're coming for you, and we're going to have a good time doing it. Now, if you're a true white patriot, you probably watched the news that day alarmed by everything happening to your country. Trump needs to be the president. I truly believe that. Biden needs to go to prison. There'll be a war in this country. It's that simple. 80 million Americans are not going to allow their freedom to be taken. It's not going to happen. You may have told yourself some bullshit like, this is not who we are. We're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. <laughs> but if you're a person of color, you were probably making dinner washing your car, or doing some other regular shit because none of this is new. White folks throw hissy fits every time they're feeling fragile. And these days, they're feeling fragile as shit. Now wait, just a cotton-picking minute. Let me tell you something. White people can burn down a city after the Super Bowl, and they're called unruly fans. White people can riot at the Capitol without fear, but let more than five black people gather at a barbecue in the park, and the riot police will roll up on horses like it's the planet of the apes. Everybody needs... You know, I remember uh, some riots. I remember a lot of cities burning down to that racist lady who was brought in to be just super fucking racist. So we go into our race, uh, Tucker segment, canines, and another white lady, white people denying that they're racist is literal violence because all white people are racist. And yeah, yo, it's a white person on TikTok. So the state of California has now proclaimed that everything, everything is racist. That's why they're handing out $5 billion checks. When we say everything, we mean even police dogs. They're racist, too. Jason Rance covers the western United States for us. He joins us tonight to explain. Hey, Jason. Hey, Tucker. Democrats are now coming for police canines across California after Assemblyman Corey Jackson introduced a bill to ban their use in arrest, apprehension, and crowd control under this claim that they trigger black people and are used as, quote, vehicles of terror and racial bias, calling them a violent remnant of America's racist past. Jackson announced this bill last week alongside the ACLU and the NAACP. It was first used by slave catchers. Police canines are a violent remnant of America's past that is often forgotten, but understand that is still within the lifetime of many Americans today. Now, they're implying that these canines are targeting black and Latino suspects for injury while apparently being more gentle on white suspects. Check this out. We're already giving out life sentences before someone is even proven guilty in the first place. 
Now, they don't seem to understand how police canines work. In the context of this bill, they're almost always deployed because there's too great a risk to the human officer. So, for example, when an armed suspect poses an imminent threat to the public, you might end up deploying a canine. Now, sometimes they end up giving their lives so that a human can live. The irony in all of this, Tucker, is that the police defunders, they wanted more non-lethal tools. Canines are one of them. Hey, white ladies, denying racism in your own self is violence. You hurt the entire cause by denying that you ever, ever, ever had a racist thought. I don't think that way. I wasn't raised that way. That's not how I feel. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You don't have to wear a hood and you don't have to tote around a fucking Confederate flag to know that there is shit inside of your brain that you need to fix or else you're still just perpetuating the problems of society. I get called a white savior because I can admit the shit that I do. Meanwhile, there's women running around thinking that they've never, ever, ever done anything in their life that could possibly even teeter on the edge of racism. Good luck with that delusion. I'd, I hope someday you realize that that's not the case and you can put aside your white fragility and your angelic behavior and realize that you still have work to do and until the day you die you're gonna have work to do and unpacking your own bullshit not just stitching other people not just duetting with other creators and calling them out it's 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 in here too it's in here too girls so put away your halo start start playing catch with your demons it's the only way we're gonna dispel them okay Man, if this was the Trump administration with the links China has to our president and TikTok, you know what they'd be saying, right? Because remember, everything about Putin, who didn't invade a country under Trump, was Trump's fault. This lady right here is another Rachel Dozel. She's been a Muslim activist, and she's not even Muslim. She's whiter than me. We have a Tennessee athlete killed because the guy that took her out Shouldn't even have had a driver's license, but he was black. So he was let off after doing all sorts of fucking bad shit and a couple DUIs. That's DEI. That's your fucking woke. Sorry, I'm burning up now, which makes this stuff hurt. Um, there you are. That's, that's DEI. We have it all over the country. We have illegals. We've covered it in depth. Only states have covered Texas and Arizona. The amount of damage, carnage, lost lives, lost businesses, lost fucking income, just destroyed by illegals who flee the sea. That's DEI. And then we have the trans. Uh, our usual thing, going to see that they're going after your kids, a trans teddy bear, uh, a segment that my God, it's just fucking unbelievable. All these. Every time I play them, I'm just fucking shocked. But we're in Wynyard, Sydney. At what point does inclusiveness pass too far? You got a fat man that's naked in a gym costume with a cute teddy bear hat right in Wynyard. Now tell me this. Maybe you can say I'm exaggerating. Maybe you can say I'm too much, but... At what point is it too far when you're walking down the street with your kid and you, the kid looks at a cute teddy bear hat and relates it to a man in a gym suit? At what point does it get too dangerous? 
you tell me if we keep letting them push the boundary they keep getting worse and worse i think this is disgusting i think this is like balenciaga vibes what do you reckon so today was our first day back from spring break and i told all my students that my pronouns are they them and that my honorific is mix a few of my students had some questions and we were able to talk about those um but i wanted to tell you about two of my students that just made my heart sing and made me feel so validated uh one of them she put in the chat ah i'm so proud of you and then one of my other students Maybe like half an hour after we had talked about that, had a question and put in the chat, mix, da 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 da. Here's my question. Um, and it was just so validating to see mix pop up on the screen instead of miss. And I just, it made my day. Transgendered women are biologically women, though, in their brain. It's just the body didn't match up. Okay, and there's scientific proof of this. I have a clip following, uh, so you can watch it. Um, and this is why we need the distinction between cisgendered and transgendered, because biologically, we're the same. But the rest of it, God, imagine how shitty it would be to know that you're, you know, a woman here, but then you gotta walk around with a wiener. And no boobs. I like, I like my boobs. I'm fond of my boobs. I've named my boobs, Betsy and Bertha. All right, watch the clip. Down below, we have the staining pattern of a gay man. The picture above is the staining pattern of a straight man. And observe, there is no difference between the gay man and the straight man. However, over here in this corner, we have the staining pattern for a transgender woman. She has the same staining pattern as the non-transgender, as the cisgender woman. And there are areas in the brain that correlate with gender identity and not with external body parts. See, this is why we need the distinction between cisgendered and transgendered because biologically in the brain, physically in the brain, they are female, but then their body does not match, which my goodness. And also, like I said, you know, how horrible it would be to walk around with a penis, but then there's individuals, that's their thing. They like the wiener, they keep it. Man, if you could trade, I would never, I would never trade. <laughs> I also want to clarify, there's nothing wrong with a transgendered woman having a wiener, if she wants a wiener. My god, that would be like a superpower, man. You could have titties and a dick. You could literally be unstoppable. This is why all the cisgendered women are scared, it's because you're superheroes. <laughs> and before you think it's wrong for someone to have boobies and a wiener, intersex people exist. There's as many intersex individuals born as redheads. You might even know one. Dun, dun, dun. If you haven't been here long, I'm weird. But I love the trans community. I do. I love y'all. I love the queer community. I love you all. If I work somewhere and I express to a number of people what my pronouns are, and I'm working there for like six months, um, I shouldn't have to explicitly tell every single person what my pronouns are, especially when there are other trans people who use the same pronouns 
in this workplace. I just want to pick up my tips um, from my old job that I just stopped working at and this person who I almost never worked with before um, misgendered me. And I've been work I worked there for like six months or more and my pronouns were always they, them or he, him. And neither one of those was used. If you're talking about me to somebody, you know who I am. Every other person uses the correct fucking pronouns. Like, why are you not? What are you waiting for, Anne? Open your presents. Oh, that's so lovely. When you write, who do you actually write to? To myself, of course. I prefer to think of my diary as a girl. A best friend. Her name will be Kitty. Kitty. I like it. Come down, Anne. I'm waiting for you. Is he a boy from class? Of course. Who are you talking to, Anne? Up until a year ago, everyone was in love with me. Everyone? It was all so wonderful. Then everything changed. We're leaving. They told everyone we were to blame for all the world's problems. This secret apartment is going to be our hiding place. For every person we welcome is a good chance we are saving a life. You could use those characters in your head. Make them fight your war somehow. This young lady here named Kitty is looking for Anne Frank. Have you seen her? write this diary so that you could worship her what is important get in the truck do everything you can to save one single soul from harm just one soul what do you see peter i see the allied forces they're coming to liberate us and you angels peter that ain't frank shit that'd be some anti-semitic motherfucking shit of some white people did it but i mean that that's all of this that's why i started with everything gonna be all white that's okay but that would be some racist ass shit if white people did it and it, we made it three episodes and we had to quit and then with this trans stuff you're taking a Holocaust survivor and injecting gender theory? Really? Is you fucking crazy? This was all over Pink News, carried by um, our buddy Will Carlisle. Don't bring him because of Republicans and violence. AOC. It isn't enough for her to fuck our goddamn country up. Now she's in Japan saying they need to push gender theory over there. This next one is a doctor. Once again, and I, I, it's probably a Dr. Biden. Any dudes out there got a hair transplant, used Viagra, taken pre-workout or protein shakes to improve effective exercise, gotten a haircut, congratulations on your gender-affirming care. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's 
not the same thing. They always use that argument for abortion, too. This one, Erin uh, Reed. I was following her, but then she blocked me because I commented. I'm not mincing my words anymore. The legislation assault on transgender people is a genocide against us. It seeks to remove us from public life, remove all legal protections, remove our trans children from parents, remove their medically necessary care. It will kill people. Matt Walsh, you need to understand that hysterical bullshit won't work anymore. You have grown accustomed to getting everything you want by lying, but those days are over. Your emotional blackmail has no impact. We are winning and you cannot stop us. This became a big thing, and I'm going to play this segment because this it went fucking, oh God, the wokesters lost their shit. And when I consider that my own children must inherit this culture, that Dylan Mulvaney and his ilk will prey upon my children and try to turn my own sons and daughters into mutilated, mutant, self-loathing, hollow, twisted shells, just like themselves. Well, my anger then turns into more of a boiling rage. And I know that I will do whatever is necessary and I will speak whatever truths are necessary to protect my kids from this hellish, God-forsaken madness. Now, I have personally heard from many parents, more than I can count, who tell me versions of the same horror story. A beautiful and innocent kid, one day, seemingly out of nowhere, gets sucked into the gender cult and is devoured by it. The child they held as a baby and raised and gave their lives to and loved and still love becomes suddenly unrecognizable. All of their innocence and light and beauty just drained out of them, replaced by this self-cannibalizing madness. For a parent to see this happen to a child, it is a fate worse than death. I would rather be dead than have that happen to my kids. See, the thing that I most despise about Dylan Mulvaney is that he is part of a movement which actively seeks to turn my children into Dylan Mulvaney. That's why I'm entitled to my anger and to whatever language I use to convey it. I will say whatever I want to say, and I will be justified in saying it because these people are after my kids and yours and everyone else's. And you're worried that I'm being a little rude? Well, you see, when it comes to my children, the children that I cherish more than my own life, if you think mean words go too far, then you would be very shocked to hear how far I would really go to protect them. Trust me, words are the least of it. That reinstated it. It went viral. It was everywhere. And it's a true statement. I I feel that way that I would really be concerned if my kid was getting abused in this shit. I'm sorry, I would. We have the griot. We spoke to the teacher who got fired because he did what he did. 
Oh, that was Vice. Sorry. This is the Grio. As we celebrate Black History Month, like no other, people are now faced with the reality that in places like Florida, books that discuss black history or even mention black people are now illegal. Complete lie. Uh, doing the be- his best impression of a white segregationist from the 50s, South Florida Governor Ron DeSantis declared a war on books that may cause white tears. Topics such as race, gender, sexuality, LGBT, EIO people, class, suppression, and social justice. Under Florida's Stop Woke Act, teachers can't discuss the topics in class under the threat of felony charges. This, of course, got carried as it was real. But it's not. To show you how bad it is and why it's the true threat to our democracy. Our democracy is under attack. Our democracy is in peril. And it's not mega. It's not white supremacist. It's not Proud Boys, Boogaloo, Three Percenters, and other uh, QAnon. That's not the threat. They're all in jail. You arrested them for protesting. Maybe 200 of them did something to be arrested. The other 700 to 800, because I don't know where we're at now. Last time it was 960. They just assembled and protested. They didn't burn down cities like Minneapolis or most of Wisconsin. They didn't block traffic. They didn't beat people and kick them dead in the street like in Portland. They didn't do any of that stuff. That isn't the threat. And I hopefully you haven't seen it. I know it's making the rounds. But our This Is America is a kid talking to the school board. And as an American, especially me, who defended this country... This is, of all I played, which is a lot of bad shit, this is the worst shit that I've heard in a really long time. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Hi, my name is Brad Taylor, and I just finished my freshman year at RHS. Um, I've been a part of District 196 schools now for 10 years, and I'm going to give you a glimpse today of what's actually going on inside these schools. Um, Despite the board's attempt to deny it, District 196 schools are quickly becoming a place where promoting activism is actually more important than promoting education. I'll I'll take you back to my first day at RHS this fall. The principal came out and gave us a heartfelt speech about equality and standing together. Um, He began to list countless races, such as Latino, Asian, expressing how much they matter and how important they are. But never once did he mention a race or identity that reflects me, or half the kids that were in the class. Now, members of the board, I know you haven't been to school in a while, and I know most of the people, I know none of you, or most of you, don't have any kids left in the school district. But you must admit how uncomfortable it will be to be characterized just by your skin color on the first day of school and be thought that you were wrong just because of your skin color. So I'll never forget the look one of my friends gave me from across the room as we were sitting there listening to this blatant bias being expressed in the so-called equity statement by the leader of our school. To be clear, I don't need you to tell me that I matter, 
but hearing the condolences given to other races and leaving just one race out, it inevitably you'll start to feel like you've done something wrong. And in our principal's attempt to unify us, he instead created unwarranted boundaries and barriers between his students, pitting us against each other based on characteristics that we can't control. In another separate instance, I was told that writing all lives matter on the whiteboard was political and could be seen as offensive. When I questioned the teacher after class, she told me that she didn't have an answer and she just had to erase it and it was quickly erased. There are political signs all over RHS specific, about specific races that matter, specific sexual orientations that matter, and specific perspectives that matter. But when I questioned the RHS administration about how these signs were political, they told me that they were supporting human rights. So when I questioned why the equity statement couldn't represent all students, they told me that to even ask that question was outlandish and offensive. And they, when I asked why that was, they told me, quote, whites have a pretty good situation right now, unquote. So is that not racism? Disregarding my question merely because of the color of my skin. To be honest, after enduring a year of the people in charge telling me that I'm a racist and I'm privileged and pointing out our irreversible differences, I've never noticed race more. And it's becoming the first thing I notice when I meet someone, which has never before been the case. RHS administration confidently told me that RHS students and staff are happy with their equity statement. But from the ex my experience in talking with other students, this is not the case. I know many kids who disagree with their teachers, but they're too scared to stand up because they're worried that their grades will be docked and their learning experience will be affected. My honors government teacher, I'm not gonna say his name, but he's mentioned that Democrats care more about all people while Republicans only care about themselves. And he's also inferred to us that socialism is better than democracy. He even had a statue. He had a statue of a socialist leader in his classroom. Um, I have been, I've been told by a lot of kids that they just stay silent and adjust their schoolwork to reflect an acceptable opinion to secure a good grade. I've been approached by multiple teachers who have told me in private that they just want to say that they agree with me and they support me standing up, but they can't say it in front of the class for fear of being disciplined by the administration in some way or losing their jobs. There is clearly only one way to think in this district, and that is that they are teaching their kids to shut up if they don't agree. Now, members of the board, I want you to take a good look at yourselves in the mirror tonight and ask, are you really standing up for the equality of all people, or are you just pushing a damaging political ideology um, on, on our students? A fellow coworker at my job, who, by the way, is of color, discreetly told me that the school seemed to be pushing a very leftist agenda in class. This proved that not everyone is happy with your school, and not everyone who isn't happy is white. Now, due to all these instances I've mentioned and many more that I can't fit in this five-minute speech, I've decided to leave this district and continue school on a private Christian school online. And, and there will be sacrifices, and I will not get to walk in the graduation ceremony or attend milestones at RHS, but I will be able to learn in an environment that is not intent on punishing me daily for my skin color and political views. Now, regardless of how you take my speech, whether you just shrug it off as malarkey or Fox News talking points, I encourage you to think about it, because someday I'm going to be a leader. I may be the president, a governor, or just a professional golfer, but I will never stop believing that everybody has value, no matter their skin color or personal beliefs, and it's a shame that you're not going to be able to say that I was an alumni of RHS in District 196. Thank you. You're taking away AP everything, so that affects them. 
and it hurts them getting scholarships. And every college is not placing on education level. They're placing on equity, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You have corporations doing the climate initiative shit. We no longer do anything based on meritocracy. It just doesn't happen. And we have a press that doesn't want to push anything. They don't want to tell us, oh, the tanks that were sent into Ukraine might not reach Ukraine this year. So how long are we going to pay for this war in Ukraine? How long is it going to go? The positive for my state is Bill barring some drag shows from public spaces passes Tennessee House. It's got to go back to the Senate and it will be effective. And I'm proud of that. But I'm not proud, and I know I'm going to lose some cool points, Proposed Tennessee bill would expand concealed carry permits from handguns to all firearms. And I don't agree with that. I agree, and this is why I agree, I agree with the permitless carry because I'm very upset I have one. Because with a fascist government like we have now that go after gun owners, Christians, Parents who talk to school boards, call them terrorists and sick the FBI on them to include pro-life people and deny them service in our nation's capital. I don't want the Biden administration or any of his equity hires, especially half of the DOJ, which are outright racist, Susan Clark, knowing that I have a gun. Why do you think I took the AR down? But you're pushing states to make permitless carry just for that reason. You're pushing open carry of all weapons because they know they're going to take them all away. So they got to get it in the fucking bills. I don't agree with it. I don't know why you'd have to walk in public with an AR. I know the, the right is there. It's the Second Amendment. But now you're seeing Antifa members going to drag show story hours with ARs. I don't have faith they even know how to use that. And more often than not, they're going to shoot people just for being there. And they're going to get away with it. Whereas if you and I carry a weapon and shoot it, even if we're defending ourselves, we're going to get rittenhoused. So that's why I'm not for it. It's just going to put more people in trouble. Legally. The reality is, with your concealed permit, the moment that bullet leaves that gun, it's on you, bro. You hit a passing car. You hit a stand, a person standing by. If it's not a, if it's not a life or limb, or they're coming into your car or your house or threatening you with a gun, you're going to jail. 
The permit just doesn't say I get to blast caps of motherfuckers because I want to blast caps of motherfuckers. It's not how it works. So that bill, I hope it gets canceled. I understand why. And even though I'm not really cool with, you know, let's be honest, there's a lot of people carrying in Tennessee don't even know how to load the weapon. They're scared. They bought a gun. But I don't blame the conservative legislatures that do the laws. I don't blame Republicans and Democrats in this state who do it. I blame the federal government and the woke institution that allows one side, their side, the DEI side, to burn shit to the ground, murder people, destroy shit, and walk through fucking federal courthouses like it's a turnstile with nothing, not even a slap on the wrists. So that's our threat. Our threat isn't Tucker Carlson showing videos of people walking through hallways taking selfies on January 6th. What I want to think is probably most of the videos. The threat is really you guys. If you're going to put everything on DEI and let people steal people's clothes and jewelry and wear it and not even go to jail for wearing it, or because you're gay, not do your job once in two years, and you're protected because of a special shield of wokeness, Yeah, that's dangerous. That's really dangerous. That's not democracy. And since we know you're already cooking the books for every election and making it that you don't have signature verifications, address verifications, and a media who has no intellectual honesty when they win to go find out, well, how did a motherfucker get 81 million votes? a media complex that is invested in DEI and uses it. Do you think Don Lemon would be employed if he worked for Fox? Do you think him saying that would be okie-dokie? No. No. That that wouldn't fly. That that would not be a go at this station. You would be a no-go. You'd be unemployed. But as all this is coming, all you see for the Will Carlisles, the Brian Seltzers, the Brandy Zandoski, is a Florida man shot by a black person. They won't say it was a black person. They'll just say uh, the shooter shot a little girl and a reporter. And that's the threat to journalism. And then Trump went to there and it's his fault that it derailed. Something we'll hear Probably before I die, they'll find a new one. Like if DeSantis actually wins, then it'll be DeSantis' fault. I mean, if they could, they'd still say W. But W hated Trump, so he got off the schneid. And now we just use Trump. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Share with the family and friends. Go to SoundCloud, Flyover Politic with the K. Rumble. 482467. I'll post it today. And foppodcast at gmail.com to send me emails. Tell me, go fuck myself or 
if you want to hear something on the show. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yes. We're going to roll with our next show being uh, Monday or Tuesday, 27th or 28th, depending on when I have to go grocery shopping. I hate grocery shopping. On a new medicine, that's why I kind of was green when I started. It's really gross, and it makes me just kind of queasy for about two hours, and then it goes away. Uh, It is cholesterol something fucking fancy name. It's going to take the bile salts out of my blood, which will stop me producing bile, because I spent the last three days on a toilet since the last podcast. It's just been garbage. I can't keep anything in. So, hopefully it'll start taking down the bile salts and I'll feel a little better. But after I take it, I just don't feel good for a little while. But I wanted a podcast anyway, so I did. Um, hope you're enjoying the weather wherever you're at. I know my northern listeners, your guys are under snow and we're in summer. Well, today we're in the 40s, but we got to 80. We have trees budding. It's fucking insane. So I think we're going to be back in the 70s, and on Monday I'm going to head to the lake, so most likely Tuesday. Tuesday we'll do our podcast. As always, thank you for listening, and y'all take care.